0: This nation was founded by men of many nations and backgrounds.
1: It was founded on the principle that all men are created equal. Mayday, mayday. Going down.
0: You take your red pill, you stay in
1: Wonderland. And I show you how people the
0: rabbit hole is. Human beings are a disease. The cancer of this planet. I see dead. The power, of the power of Christ compels you! The
1: power of Christ compels you! The power of Christ compels you! The power of Christ compels you! Hello, hello, hello. And welcome back to the Swerve Podcast. Welcome, welcome. Welcome.
2: For another week of uh, shenanigans. Dragon is off in space right now.
0: Oh, yeah. I was in San San Francisco last time. Now I'm in space. What up? (laughs) It's good. Get on my level, you guys. I just gotta figure out how to rename myself. Well,
2: that's all right. (laughs) So, for those of you who are first time listeners and are new to the Swerve podcast, we are three random guys on a mission to understand everything in the universe. one obscure topic at a time. Every week we decide on a topic, we research it. Um, usually it's something we don't really know anything about, and then we discuss it on the
1: fly during the podcast. Yeah. We do also take requests, so if any of our fans want to hear something or want, are interested in something but don't know much about it, you can definitely propose that through any of our socials, and then we'll usually throw it up and film it within the next – or record within the next week or so. And I
2: will and you, say, every Patreon – you- that we have that has requested a topic, we've done their topic. <laughs> Shit. Yes,
0: I was just going yes. to say, if you really want your topic to get done, donate to us motherfuckers. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, that's, that. that is, that is wise. We have it. We do have a secondary component in addition to our topic discussions. Maybe we should, uh, blast into that for a minute. Yeah,
0: let's do it. So we like to, uh, drink while we do this, have a, <clears throat> a couple cocktails, if you will. Cocktails. So, cocktails so we're at envy we're at envy's house today in separate rooms um and we are diving in diving into his liquor cabinet so i got some crown royal on the rocks (laughs) it's exciting it's good well it's fine it's you know what it's very um it's good
2: it's good i've got got, i've got the typical corona going the classic the go-to
1: classic go-to and and, uh, uh, and V is just very hungover, so recuperating,
0: drinking the highest quality H two O and Gatorade. <laughs> oh, gotta keep gotta keep those electrolytes up. Yeah, it was pretty bad. I was driving for like fifteen hours. You're yeah, so, so soft. You're getting old. Man, I really am. Although I will say I'm pretty sure I was over for like three days last time we recorded. (laughs) I think I got to, I got to swear off the pink Whitney for a little bit. It's just too much sugar. I I don't think there's any
1: left. I think you're okay. You're in the clear.
0: Yeah. We can always buy another bottle. (laughs) Well,
2: let's not do that. How about
0: that? (laughs) No, I think it was was just, I think just the sugar.
2: Yeah. And it, well, it's also surprising. Like it, it catches up on you and you don't really expect it. All right. Well, let's, uh, Let's get into our topic this week. So, this week's topic is Skinwalker Ranch. All right,
0: Skinwalker Ranch. So let's so get into it. Let's us get the into details, this.
2: sir. Okay, I'm going to hop into the basics here. It's a <laughs> 512 acre property. Mr. Lead researcher at the Swerve Podcast. Yes, yes. <laughs> so this property is located southeast of Ballard, Utah, in the Uintah County. And this is where many paranormal and UFO related, uh, related events have been reported or documented. So it's kind of like a hot spot for high strangeness or other UFO related phenomena. Um, and, it, and not only that, so like many UFOs have been sighted um, on or near this property. There's been Bigfoot esque creatures sighted many different types of glowing orbs, cattle mutilations, random-ass wolf-like creatures that seem to be immune to bullets, um, poltergeist activity, Mm. and trickster activity, which all of these things we'll probably touch on as we get through this. Basically,
1: any paranormal or strangeness you've ever heard of seems to just culminate into this one location of the Skinwalker Ranch. Yeah,
2: it is really weird. It doesn't make a lot of sense.
1: Yeah, so So, they actually do have
0: a 24-hour surveillance, which is live, constantly on the web you can go and look for yourself see if anything appears <laughs> see if you see anything yeah, yeah and these, i want to get into that people
1: do claim that it's like every like 48 to 72 hours they'll see something out of the ordinary
0: although i'm just looking at some pictures on google maps here this looks like a great place to go and to go in a trip
2: <laughs> it's a pretty uh like i actually was looking at a lot of skinwalker ranch like through videos and things like that it's kind of a shithole, to be honest. Like I'm not just well, saying. Yeah, that. Like, so I mean, it kind of it looks, dump.
0: it looks, it looks like a place where people go and take peyote and roll around in the mud. That's <laughs> what, that's what it looks like to me. Yeah, it's just nothing, off the pictures.
2: Honestly, it's nothing fancy, but you know, it's cool. So I, I just while we're in the basics here, I have a couple things to say. So there's actually been sightings um, of weird phenomena here dating back quite far. So I my, I've had dates really far back but one that i found was uh 1776 there was uh this a missionary um wrote about seeing large fireballs appearing over the campfire um at skinwalker Ranch. it wasn't titled that at the time obviously but so i'm just trying to say like you know things have been reported here for a long period of time it's not just in recent years that these reportings are occurring yeah and or sorry go ahead
0: but this I kind of, of does uh,
1: tie into the Navajo people, who were the I wanted to bring that in, yeah. Natives who first occupied the land and kind of their whole whole ordeal of how they got misplaced out of their land, and this is like thousands upon thousands of people. They basically just set a giant curse on the land after they were kicked out by the U.S. government. So, in particular, people do believe that this has something to do with it, along with other is italian yeah so
2: the, the the name skinwalker ranch actually comes from a navajo legend of the skinwalker which honestly i, w- I want to do a topic on is to just skinwalkers themselves but this this skinwalker legend just to put it in a nutshell while we're here in the basics it's essentially an entity that has the ability to morph into possess or disguise themselves as an animal so, these skinwalkers in the Navajo language, I'm going to butcher this pronunciation, but it's ye now, me, <laughs> ye now lushi. That's in the Navajo language, the term for skinwalker, which translates to by means of it, it goes on all fours. So, these this Navajo legend, the, the, the Navajo tribe itself, or people in it, uh, based on the research I looked at, they're reluctant to discuss this legend with. People that are not not Navajos, um, yeah. because this this animal or this skinwalker type creature, it exhibits you know like weird witchcraft type things, um, trickster behavior, things like yeah. this, and I it's, it's have, something uh, weird.
1: I do have some notes as well. So basically, the Navajo people who want to ascend, become more powerful, they would have to become witches, and these skinwalkers are those witches. And it's and like malevolent, wind. isn't it? It's yeah, like dark yeah, they're magic. evil. Yeah, <laughs> dark, dark magic, like shit, dark shit. So, yeah. dark for a way shit. to a skin for a skinwalker to become an elite, an elite skinwalker, they would have to do one of three things to be able to justify that. One, they would have to to become one. They would have to kill a relative, have sex with a corpse, or eat the dust of children' bones. That's how you became a skinwalker. Um, That second one's not that difficult. (laughs) And once you're a skinwalker, you could copy faces of people to transform into them. You could copy animals and transform into any animal at will. Um, You could also run on all fours, and then you could all run on twos as well. Your eyes constantly glow in the dark. There's both male and females. Uh, Then there's two ways of killing the skinwalkers from Navajo legends, they are to either dip a uh, arrow or bullet within ash and shoot it in the back of the neck, or you could utter the skinwalkers real name and they would either get really sick. or That could be a skinwalker.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So (laughs) no, I agree with that. The, The other thing too, like, so skinwalker ranch, it's considered, um, Hunting ground for skinwalkers, so the the Ute tribe or Ute people—I hope I'm getting that right. I'm probably butchering it, but they do not enter the land traditionally for the reasons we just stated for this curse Navajo have laid on it or yeah. whatever. So it's the the skinwalker ranch. It's like a path for the skinwalkers, um, hmm. and that's just that's just some folklore that ties right into this. But while we're here in the basics, I want to mention. So Skinwalker Ranch, it's gone through several different owners over the years. Um, one of the most notable owners that I will be talking about a lot about um, is Robert Bigelow. He's a billionaire who actually purchased the ranch uh, in 1996 for $200,000 in order to investigate these claims because he's kind of like a UFO enthusiast you know, that has deep pockets so he could fund different things. I we actually like set, set up a research organization, which I'm going to get into later. And they conducted a fuckload of experiments there for two decades. Um, but there, there's other owners and we'll get into them. So for instance, I know from 1934 to 1994, it was Kenneth and Edith Myers that owned the land. Yeah, they so. sold it to, well, I just want to get into this next. They sold it to Terry and Gwen Sherman in 1994 and they had it till 1996 when they sold it to Robert Bigelow. And at least in my research, a lot of the strange shit happened when Terry and Gwen Sherman owned it.
1: And yeah. I'll get into a lot so, of that. Kenneth and Edith Myers, the first couple who owned it, they held it for over 50 years. And yeah. in that time, they had actually never slept at the ranch. He would have workers who would work there. They would have people take care of the land, but no one ever actually spent the night. At the Skinwalker Ranch there. Oh, so they missed in, out. In those 50 years. <laughs> they missed and out. And yes, Terry and Gwen Sherman, who took over after that, they were only there for about a year and a half in total. Yep. They got the fuck out. And as soon as they moved in, they started experiencing paranormal activities, experiencing UFOs, and they were just like like poltergeists, and they freaked the fuck out, and they got out of there. Yeah, And that's when Robert Bigelow bought it, and he was already into that science so to speak like yeah learning he, owned, about like and trying own, new... he owned his own aerospace company yeah or yeah enterprise yeah. Or... i
2: got a whole thing on him in a second but
1: yeah and then uh in 2016 it was most recently sold to brandon Fugel, who bought it through a company called adamantium holdings adamantium adamantium sorry so if you guys are, have ever seen uh x-men or wolverine hey adamantium, adamantium bones and claws <laughs> Yeah,
2: so he's mobile. Can I can I add to that quick? Yeah. So Adamantium Holdings was actually initially it was a shell corporation with an Mm -hmm. unknown origin. So Brandon Fogle, in well twenty sixteen until twenty twenty in March, no one knew who actually owned it. He he kept his identity secret. Um, But in March twenty twenty, he released his identity. Um,
1: yeah in an interview so he did uh also like he blocked the entire perimeter he set up security guard- yep. cameras guards like 24 7 guards barbed wire and shit. barbed wire yeah like signs prohibiting people from going in there and then yeah he actually just released his identity but it- it's pretty cool and-, and there is a show on the skinwalker ranch where brandon Fugel is actually part of it he appears in uh several episodes so that's something cool you could check out. Yeah. Okay, so that's kind of the basics
2: of what Skinwalker Ranch is that I have. I want to get in first. I want to talk about Robert Bigelow and NIDS because I think that sets up... Before we get in... Like Obviously, we have a fuckload of case studies we can get into, but I kind of want to set up like the research and shit because there was a lot of funding that went into this. And to me, that leads... The fact that money was put into this, it lends credence to that these things actually happened because there was so much money involved.
1: Well, it so, was also believed that the land is extremely rich in oil, that it was like there's tons of uh, fossil remains found in dinosaur bones. And then really? they actually yeah, they actually had people go out and look into the soil, and it's extremely rich in rich in oil. So in oil?
0: Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> huh that's
2: news to me i never saw any of that nor did i see any plans for
1: drilling or anything. they have not drilled no no one has drilled on it yet but the Built, samples the core samples line. they took it from those core samples determined that it was extremely rich who oil. took the core samples i f- i don't have the name okay
2: um okay Trump, well that's interesting because that that adds um some skepticism to things i never found any of that but that's interesting. So, this Robert Bigelow guy, I just want to say a little bit about him and the company or the organization he founded. So, he, he's 75 as of today. He's born in 1945, and he owns what he got rich from. He's a billionaire. He owned a hotel chain called Budget Suites of America. Um, and that's kind of like America. What, yeah, what got him started. But he also is the founder of Bigelow Aerospace, which is. Well actually you know what due to covid i think it's shut down as for now but but it was doing some shit it was doing some stuff and he's been quoted as saying that he's absolutely convinced that there is extraterrestrial visitors to earth so he's very interested
0: in this ufo angle that's why i'm out of this world right now my background hey,
2: perfect way
0: <laughs> there you go relevant it is relevant
2: and so this this Bigelow guy, he does a bunch of space stuff. I'm just going to call it like that. So he had plans to spend $500 million developing a commercial space station. And he had this thing. It's called the Beam Module. It was an experimental expandable space station that was actually launched to the International Space Station on April 8th, 2016 on a SpaceX cargo resupply mission. So going back to our SpaceX episode... So they actually Great. launched They launched this thing and it's like an inflatable room, you could say. And it like docks to the space station and it gives, you know, people can use it for whatever the fuck they want to use it for. That's pretty fucking cool. But that was kind of his plan. He wanted to make, turn this inflatable thing into like a space hotel by 2022. And that was like a $2.3 billion project. Yeah, 2022.
0: Um, Must be nice just to be like, yeah, I just want to do this. This is just like a hobby of mine. Yep. Here's 500, exactly. 500 mil. They'll get us started. They'll get us off the ground. Yeah. So, sick.
2: yeah, but the thing is, uh, you know, in March, 2020, like partly due to COVID Bigelow Aerospace, they they actually like let go of all of their staff, which was 68 people. So they're not actually, I don't think they're actually doing anything right now, <laughs> but they did do these things. And that kind of was the goal, but I don't think it happened. But I have one thing that's interesting um, okay, so there's this senator. I'm, I'm kind of going all over the place right now, but okay. we're talking about Robert Bigelow, and I'm just trying to paint the picture that he's interested in space and he's interested in UFOs. And one thing about the UFOs, there was this senator. His name's Harry Reid. And reportedly, Bigelow urged Harry Reid, and I think they had some kind of personal connection, to set up the Advanced Aviation Threat Identification Program, also known... As ATip, which we've talked a little bit about on this podcast already, so ATip was a government-funded program that ran from 2007 to 2012, and it received it had 22 million dollars in government funding to study UFOs. So you remember, we were talking about Project Blue Book back in episode five. We were t- that was a government program, but that was more in the 1950s, 60s type deal. Yeah, yep. ATip is a program more recent from 2007 to 2012 and Bigelow was involved in getting that started. Well, with interesting. Billions, how could you not? <laughs> I don't even think he I don't even think he funded it though. I think he urged that senator to get the program going. Oh, just
1: out of interest?
2: Yeah. I don't hmm. think any of Bigelow's funding went to it at least on my research. I you know, I don't actually know, but that's something I found but more interesting than that. So that just goes to show his interest, correct? In the UFO phenomenon. But what he did, he founded NIDS. And I didn't know what NIDS was until I looked into this, but it's the National Institute for Discovery Science. And basically, the whole idea was to have a group of people, like PhD level people or people involved in, I don't know, like forensics, you know, things like this that would be useful. Get these people in a group, get them funding in order to advance the study of various fringe science and paranormal topics, including the research, including at Skinwalker Ranch. So Bigelow founds this company or sorry, not a company, an organization NIDS and they staff it. And, you know, because Terry and Gwen Sherman, who we kind of talked about, they're reporting all this crazy shit, all this shit's getting out in the news. They're like, let's just go buy Skinwalker Ranch. Let's get this organization. Let's get boots on the ground and figure out what's going on. So he founds NIDS in 1995. um, And that's exactly what they did. So he bought the Skinwalker Ranch in 1996 from Terry and Gwen Sherman. They staff it with, you know, quality people, I suppose. Like they had PhDs. They had people like physics um, professors, things like this. And they were they were kind of like a, a field response team to get p- for paranormal stuff, like kind of like the Ghostbusters, you know, like who are you gonna call? Like call NIDs, and NIDs comes and like researches your weird paranormal shit.
0: That doesn't like, real life uh, Ghostbusters. Bu- that doesn't uh, that doesn't roll off the tongue though. Who are you gonna call? NIDS. National Institute for <laughs>
2: Discovery Science. So yeah. they they go to Skinwalker Ranch, and like we talked about a little bit, they set up around-the-clock surveillance. They got cameras looking at different shit, um, the recording footage. They had these uh, on the ranch themselves. They set up three lookout towers, and the towers were surrounded by fences, and in the fence, they had dogs, and they were using the dogs as biosensors um, because dogs, I guess they sense paranormal shit better than yeah, humans. Yeah, sixth sense. So they'd have a human in the watchtower, like looking around at shit, and then a dog below the watchtower in the fence. And if the dog started barking, then the, the, the dog would alert the human. The human could then like look and see what the hell was going on. So they set up those watchtowers in addition to all the surveillance. Um, and they, this is what they're doing. They're trying to look for stuff. But I mean based on my research, like surprisingly, there wasn't a lot of events that they caught on hard record. Yeah. Like actual footage or anything. But many of the researchers that were there were like, no, there was shit going on the whole time. There was all this weird phenomenon. We were seeing things. um, Entities were coming out of portals and shit. We just couldn't catch it. And they were saying it was almost as if the phenomenon knew where they were watching (laughs) and like specifically avoided it. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt, because to me, that would be my excuse if I was like, hey, we just got a million dollars from Robert Bigelow and we went and did this research and we found nothing. They're like, well, what the fuck were you guys doing out there? Drugs.
0: No, it was happening the
2: whole time.
0: Orgies.
2: It was just right <laughs> off the camera. They just, they just snuck around it.
0: They just, they knew <laughs> where they, we kept the drugs. <laughs> <laughs> we yeah. couldn't do the research.
2: It's a million dollars on fuck drugs. Um, but I just have one last note before I get off this tangent on the NIDS Robert Bigelow stuff. There's one of the main guys uh, that was a part of NIDS. His name was Dr. Eric Davis. He was a physicist, he worked for NIDS at Skinwalker Ranch. And this was just an interesting case study. He said he literally saw or he reported about people seeing this portal, like a circle of light at Skinwalker Ranch, appear. And then out of that circle, like an entity was like pulling itself out of the circle, like with its hands, gets out, falls, lands on the ground. It doesn't have a neck, but it's like a humanoid structure. So, you know, it has like arms and legs. Yeah. Runs off into the forest. So they were thinking like Skinwalker Ranch is tied to some interdimensional type shit or something. I
1: do have a quote here from John Alexander that kind of relates to your points there okay who's john alexander so he's one of the researchers who was at the skinwalker ranch he was involved with nids NIDS. yeah he was in nids so he says something else is in control and if it wants you to find out it may allow that but if it doesn't this thing keeps morphing and changing into you know new shapes and forms we had cameras there and things had just happened off camera sometimes in front of the camera but you wouldn't see them
2: yeah, see, that's the, that's the that's the common thing that I also found. Um, there actually, you know what I did, I, I can't say that I didn't see, there was some video evidence that I was looking at that was actually genuinely fucking creepy as fuck. So for instance, the one that I'm referring to, uh, it was just like a, a shot of the field. And there's like this like black ghost building that just appears out of nowhere. Like it just comes in, forms, and then disappears. Yeah. And that was like, just like, I mean, you know, they were there for 20 years and they didn't find a lot, but that was one of the craziest ones that I saw. Um, it was just like a building came out of nowhere in the footage, at least. And then disappeared. It was, it was really creepy. Yeah,
1: There's a, a lot of stuff on, uh, on history now. Cause one of the things that they did was he, he approached uh, the history channel. And he's like, how do I proceed now? You know, I've had people in there they've tried to research this. We didn't get very far. What do we do next? And then basically the people who made like ancient aliens, Tesla secrets, they ended up giving some, some advice and actually went in their film stuff on their own as well.
2: Yeah. I mean, the thing is though, it's still, there's not a lot of hard evidence. Um, even with those sh- like I was, I actually watched the documentary on it and I was very underwhelmed by the end of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cause we're talking, they were there for two decades and like that's there's not that much a ton of um anecdotal evidence a ton of oh yeah we saw this but nothing hard and here at this word podcast we like it hard <laughs> <laughs> so uh that's kind of what i had i just wanted to bring up nids because i think it's and robert bigelow because i think it's very important to the story and what they were doing um we can come back to this if we need to, but I wanted to get into some of the weird shit as well. Let's do it. So I, I have a bunch of fucking shit on Terry and Gwen Sherman and their experiences. So like we were saying, they owned it from 1994 to 1996. Um, they lived there with a teenage son and their 10 year old daughter at the time. Um, I think this is 1996. They got the land at a really good price. Um, and they noticed that, like... And, I mean, you know, they got a good price. And, like, hey, we're going to come here. We're going to herd our fucking cattle. and We'll make a good living. Things like this. But there were some weird things already when they got there. So, for instance, the homestead, when they go into the home, they notice there's, like, a fuckload of deadbolts on the doors and the windows, which was weird. Like, they're like, we re- like, you really need to keep something out kind of deal. They also noticed there was chains bolted down in the house that were clearly for like securing like a guard, like guard dogs or something. So like they had stuff like, you know, they're like, keep something out. And if they get in, we got fucking guard dogs. We
1: have to chain down that are, you know, going to attack it or something. Yeah. So again, we have taken into account is like Kenneth Edith Myers, who are the previous owners had never actually stayed at the ranch. They just had like, they would visit once a year. And they were just like go over the place, but they actually never spent the night there. So those things there that could be from previous owners as well. That's so weird that they never stayed there. That that yeah. lends credence, there is weird shit going on. They yeah, like they, they just thing. they just bought it and they never stayed there. They just kept it in the family to try and earn some money off it. And I guess they did.
0: Hmm. But
2: so here's another interesting thing. So Terry and Gwen Sherman, they were told not to dig on the land without approval of the former former owners as well. That's kind of a weird stipulation, isn't it? But maybe it's not. Maybe maybe it's because they knew there was oil there and they're like, we don't want you to find the oil. <laughs> <Like you> were... <laughs> so maybe maybe it's just a practical thing too. Who knows? But that was some interesting things just to start off what was going on. Um, but there was anything from UFOs, crop circles, cattle mutilations, strange shit, wolves, uh, like direwolves, yeah. tricksters, and poltergeist activity. And I want to talk a little bit about all of this shit that's reported. Because this is like that window of time. It's like a year and a half. All this shit's going on. So, like, over that 15
1: months, everyone in the family saw UFOs repeatedly. Yeah. Um, yeah, they were quoted and saying they almost saw it nightly. Like, every single night they saw some sort of lights or saucer or... Weird shit. Yeah. This, they were like... entity.
2: Yeah, reportedly, like a small box-like craft with white lights, mm-hmm. um, forty-foot-long objects. Even they even reported seeing ships the size of football fields on occasion. So, like they're seeing a mix of unidentified flying objects on this property. <clears throat> um, they saw a lot of crafts emerge out of orange circles that appeared like doorways or like a gateway. Um, that kind of ties into that NIDs story I was talking about with that thing that jumped out and ran away or whatever the fuck he's saying. Yeah. <laughs> um, allegedly uh, I found they had two of the sightings they did catch on video, but I could not find the videos surprisingly. Couldn't find them anywhere, but I did find that they had video evidence themselves. Um, sometimes the crafts would appear like headlights or like a red glowing thing that was like 50 feet above the trees. So, they knew it wasn't, you know, like a car on the road or something, because it was like literally above the trees, just like floating. And the other thing, too, they could be like super, super bright. So, like, they could be as bright as daylight. So, you'd be like looking at the mountain where one of these crafts was, and then it would literally look like the sun was shining on the mountain. It would be like daylight. So, very, very bright entities, which is weird. The other thing with the UFOs uh that the shermans were talking about they seem to occur during storms or like cloudy days or after a new moon those were like the factors when they appeared which is i, I don't know it just, i don't know why that's the case but that's that's what i found
1: um uh, there like did you read about that one uh like wolf sighting they had oh i have a whole thing on that okay yeah
2: i'll just i'll just pop off this ufo shit quick and we can talk about that one next sure so one time this is a case study from the shermans terry and his son they saw a craft and it hid on the other side of the mountain on the ranch so they kind of snuck up on it and it, it didn't know they were there so they snuck up on it sees them finally they wave at it and allegedly it blinked its lights three times kind of as if to show that it did see them waving like kind of like oh there you are and then vanished so there was like a communication between the two at least in that one instance um but i mean they don't really know what it is they say like these could be gateways to another place because terry reported one time it was night it's dark he sees one of these circles in the in the sky like one of these portals yeah and it just looked like blue sky through the portal so like it was like as if he was looking through something to another location different dimension yeah yeah um (laughs) one of the other weird things that i found again this is the shermans we're talking about here there's blue orbs they would see and the blue orbs made people very, very frightened, just innately. If a blue orb was nearby, you just you just felt dread. And they don't know why that is. But they did recognize that the dogs weren't scared of them. It was just like affecting the humans. So one day, the dogs chase after these blue orbs. They go off into the night, and they hear yelping. And the dogs were never seen again. It was as if they were vaporized by the orbs. So I,
0: I, I, mean, I the have a dogs quick... were vaporized.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's like kind of like the paranormal stuff of the ranch. And well, that's the UFO shit.
0: Yeah. It's yeah.
1: been like, right. It's absolutely crazy. So like it, we talked about it on um, project blue book, how there was some floating lights and there would be like three lights and they were just all separate. And this is something that was seen there almost constantly by a bunch oh, yeah. Yeah, so like, but not only like they've also seen uh, humanoids, like oh, gray yeah, yep. humanoids who have touched down, like been at the like outskirts of the fencing or the forest, like staring at them. And then they this is most notably tied into the White Walkers and the Grey Walkers. So if you're unfamiliar with those, the right the White Walkers are said to be the actual aliens—they are the otherworldly, super advanced civilization—and the Grey Walkers, which is the typical alien we see, like grey, skinny, fucking lanky thing, are just actually robots being controlled by the White Walkers. It's just something like, the- to do
0: with Game of Thrones. That's no. say, if you don't the White <laughs> Walkers are, go watch Game of Thrones.
1: No, I mean this is this is something that was actually brought up a lot during the Skinwalker Ranch because they kept seeing them there, and then I. At one point in time they saw a White Walker and he was controlling the Grey Walkers. He was trying so. to kill Jon Snow.
0: <laughs> so that was the premise. Did.
2: That's <laughs> where George R R. Martin got his fucking Hey, you
0: never know from. Like, he might have. He said the White Walkers. Jon Snow. Winter is coming.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's pretty
1: crazy. Like there is uh, several instances where things get disappeared. They've seen beans shoot out of ships down to like the floor. And animals are just gone. There's animals being cut in half by supposed beings. So, no, for sure.
2: I there's um to talk a little bit about this is like Terry and Gwen's account that I have. So with the cattle mutilations in that 15 months that they lived there, seven cows, 18 months. What's the thing? I guess 1994 to 1996. (laughs) Whenever I don't actually know the full dates, but. In that <laughs> yeah, time 18
1: full months, but yeah.
2: In that time, seven cows disappeared. Four of them were never found, and three were partially mutilated. And some of them had like these peculiar holes in their eyes. Um, one of the counts, it, there was no evidence of footprints or predators or tyre tracks in any time these went missing. Like there's no, they're just kind of gone. And there's yeah. usually a strange chemical or odor that lingers after this event. Um, One instance, they were tracking a cow's hoof prints in the snow, right? It's the snow. You just follow the fucking prints. And then they just vanished in the snow as if it was lifted away. Yeah. And in the nearby trees, the treetops were cut off as if something flew through them. So you tell me.
0: One other what say you
2: so one other thing we we're just talking about the cattle and, and Terry so Terry had they had bulls they had four bulls on the ranch and they were in a corral type deal like you would keep bulls one day they noticed and they're prized possessions right like this is you know your bulls are your fucking shit you need your bulls mm-hmm. people pay a lot of money for them you don't want those to go missing so one day they notice they're missing and they're like fuck <laughs> like fuck you know, they have all this shit going on. Cows are going missing, UFOs. They're like, God damn it, now our bulls are gone. That's like our livelihood. And they couldn't find them. They're not in the corrals or anything. There's a, however, there's a small trailer. Um, like, it's like kind of in the corral, but it's really, it's not that big. Like, it's big enough, but it's not super big. Terry notices the bulls are, all four of them are just, crammed in this small trailer and they're in a hypnotic state as if because how the fuck do you get four bulls in a trailer first of all you know what i'm saying <laughs> like like the, they'd be thrashing be each other they'd be thrashing so each other they wouldn't we're be talking
0: about
1: like a cattle trailer or like a horse trailer right
2: yes okay. something like that okay that's what it looked like to me when i looked at the vids so the thing about this trailer with the bulls um the entrance to it had this like, I don't even know really what, what you would call it, like a, a a lock or a door hinge, or not a door hinge, but like a handle. And that appeared to not have been opened. So it was as if they were just like transported in there or something weird. Um, they couldn't explain it. But Terry, when he sees the bulls, he calls out, you know, he says something. I, I don't actually remember what exactly he was saying. But they snap out of the state and they're freaking out. So, you know, they let them out or whatever. But one thing that's weird they notice the bars of the corral, um, they were magnetized hmm. all of a sudden.
0: So, that's just some weird, weird
2: cattle shit and weird stories um, that they were experiencing, experiencing at Skinwalker Ranch. But that's not even like, that's, you know, that's the UFOs. You know, you were talking about the, the gray and white walkers. That's uh, the cattle mutilations with the, the Sherman stories. But there's more than that.
1: And then you get to the wolves. Let's talk about the, the wolf story. Let's talk about
0: the fucking the wolf, wolf story. Yeah, The
1: wolf story is it's fucking nuts. So can I preface this? Do you want
2: to tell it? Yeah, or go not? for it. Go for it. Just so flow with here's it. the wolf story. So <laughs> this is the first day they move in. They're literally unpacking at this point. Uh, you have to think you're a family You're you know, you're coming to this ranch, you're starting a new life. This wolf appears, massive wolf. It's two to three times bigger than a normal wolf. It's like six feet high. It's like up to the, the dude's shoulders. It just comes out from the field, walking in very friendly, very calm, walks up to Terry and his son. And it's friendly at the time. So they, they, they pet it. So they're physically petting it. And, you know, they thought maybe it was, like, a a weird-ass pet of one of the neighbors or something. Uh, But the wolf ends up walking away. But as it's leaving, there was a young calf poking its nose out of the fence. And the wolf just attacks the calf. You know, it's grabbing onto its fucking face and, like, fucking it up. So, obviously, the calf is, like, going wild at this point. And... Terry and his son, they're like, "Hey, we got to do something." So Terry goes to grab a weapon, comes out with a 357 Magnum, shoots at the wolf three times, but it's it, like nothing happens. The wolf is just like immune to the bullets. Like it's yeah, like not. So on-
1: he did actually hit the wolf on all three occasions, and the bullets just seemed to like it didn't bleed. It just it hit it and nothing. Yeah. As Mary mentioned, just um, yeah. obviously nothing Just peculiar, just nothing. So he sh- he shoots it a
2: fourth time. Uh, still same thing. Like the wolf is not stopping. It's fucking this calf up. He grabs, goes back, grabs the shotgun, starts shooting it with that. At this point, it's it seems like the the wolf thing is stunned, but it's it seems like it's more annoyed than anything. Like it's not like seriously injured or like freaking out. It's like just annoyed. So it, it it turns around and just starts walking back to the field from where it came. So they're like, holy shit, let's fucking track this thing. So they start tracking it for about a half an hour. Um, but when they get to a point where it sh- should be, it seemingly just vanished into thin air. They couldn't find it. But they did find a piece of it on their way back after tracking it from from one of the gunshots. So... I don't know what the hell that is, but that's some creepy skinwalkers. Like that's, you know, we, we started the episode, yeah. the Navajo skinwalker thing. They morph into animals. Yeah,
1: and they can be bipedal or. Yeah.
2: That very well could well, have been a skinwalker.
1: But they saw there was a second occurrence of the the large wolf. And this was in ninety March 12th, 1997. So this after, is during a uh, Yeah. This, so this is after Bigelow bought it. A biochemist by the name of Colm Keller, Kelleher right. was researching at the ranch for NIDS. And then, then he claimed to see a large humanoid creature spying on the research team, him and his research team, from a tree. And he didn't know what it was. Like He knew it was big. And all he could see was two unblinking yellow eyes staring at him and his team. And this is how he describes it. The large, the large creature lay motionless, almost casually in the tree. The only indication of the beast's presence was a penetrating yellow light of the unblinking eyes as they stared fixedly back into the light. So he was shining a light at the same in the tree. And that's all you could see was just yellow eyes. And for anyone who's researching skinwalkers, the main thing they say is, regardless if it's in human form or in a bestial form, its eyes shine like really brightly in the dark. So people typically see this on roadways through their headlights and whatnot. But basically, Keller gets freaked out. He takes a gun and fires at the creature. Fires at the creature. So it's a hunting rifle that he shoots it with, and it disappears. And then he says, "This. It. It was then that I saw it. A single, obvious oval track, about six inches in diameter, embedded deeply in the patch of snow. It looked unusual." A single large print in the snow, with two sharp claws protruding from the rear of the mark, going a couple of inches deeper. It almost looked like a bird of prey, maybe a raptor print, but huge. And from the depth of the print, from a very heavy creature. So they proceeded to track the creature's paws, and again in the snow, it just disappears. It just get to a point, and the tracks just stop. That's weird. So this just came up in my
2: mind while we're talking about this story. Why the fuck would you not take photos of that? Like, how do we not have fucking photos of this?
0: There's no photo evidence of No, there's like, there's the photo evidence that
2: there is for things is none of what we've just talked about. Which is like weird to me. Yeah, know. I don't know. <laughs> like, like, why wouldn't you take a photo of that?
1: that, that might've been the first
2: response, but. So, I mean, that's the thing. Like skepticism here is high for me. Just while we're on that wolf, tangent i do want to say um researchers they asked terry to identify what he might have seen and they showed him different images of different things and it seemed to resemble a dire wolf going back to game of thrones here but (laughs) the thing about dire wolves they've been extinct for 10,000 years also there's not
1: any wolves in utah allegedly so, but there are uh, coyotes. They do have crap. coyotes, and they, they typically don't get very big. But I mean, if you're trying to find a rational explanation, it could be just an overgrown coyote. And he just missed every shot. <laughs> and he just missed every shot.
2: <laughs> so it's just interesting. Uh, I thought that was somewhat cool. But I'm not even done with these guys. There's, I still have a couple of things. So, like, uh, Dragon, you just asked, you're like, so they don't really have anything. What they do have, there was some crop circle type shenanigans. So for instance, yeah. they found these okay. strange soil impressions. They were about three feet wide, about two feet deep. Okay. And they actually, they took photos of that. So it, it was like someone removed hundreds of pounds of soil randomly. and it, they Overnight. Couldn't it. Yeah, and they couldn't, <laughs> Overnight. They, they couldn't find it anywhere. There was no tracks, no nothing. It was just like tape, these, these soil impressions in the ground. Um, they took photos of those. So I did see photos of that. But another thing that, again, with this crop circles, apparently there was three circles of flattened grass. They were about eight feet across in a triangle pattern, about 30 feet apart from each other. So there is, you know, like a triangle of these circles. And that was another thing reported. But again, no fucking photos that I could find. So, hmm. and I mean, here's the thing, like maybe it's possible that I just didn't look hard at all of this stuff. So when I'm saying, oh, I couldn't find it. You know, I only have so much fucking time, so maybe they oh, are yeah. out there. Yeah. But I mean if you're a listener and you're like, Oh yeah, I post it, just show me it because I would love to yeah. see the documents. What do you mean show you me can't the fucking find any documents? Photos. God damn it. What do you mean so... you get funny
0: photos? They're right here. <laughs> just a bunch <laughs> of <dude> pics. <laughs> the uh,
1: <laughs> The Skinwalker Ranch has a ton of paranormal activity. Their neighbor uh, actually experienced paranormal activity as well. Like, so the UFO settings. So there, uh, they had a in there called the Bottle Hollow. Basically, what happened was like over years, people just kept throwing bottles in there. Like they would drink out of a bottle and throw into this like deep gorge, basically. And in 1970, the federal government mandated that it should be filled with water. And The first sighting was in 1998 by a police officer who saw a large light plunge into the reservoir and then reemerge, flying off into the night sky. Again in 2002. Four young men who, I don't know why they make this distinction, but they say we're non-Indian. we standing on the reservoir looking into it. And again, they saw a blue white ball enter the lake and not come back up. So, huh. I mean, if the government did want this thing filled, could they be hiding something? Could be.
2: It definitely could be. Um, so I have some... <laughs> it's funny like a lot of these reports at least the research i was doing was coming from the shermans i have some more shit i want to get through with them yeah. i'm still not done with them um there is some strange poltergeist trickster activity going on so one terry heard sounds of voices speaking in an unfamiliar language just speaking that was like a thing you're just hearing voices you don't know what the hell it is it's just oh, okay well i guess it's wednesday and this is what i'm dealing with. The other thing, a lot of the Poltergeist activity had this trickster element to it of just being a fucking asshole. So for instance, Gwen would come home with groceries, unpack them, you know, put everything in the cupboards and in the fridge, you know, like go upstairs or outside or something and come back in and all the groceries would just be back in the bags. <laughs> like just just like someone
1: fucking with them. You know what's funny about that? Um, one of the quotes I saw about people who were like trying to discredit this, there's like, I don't think it was UFOs or anything like that. I think the family was just in a trance that maybe there was some sort of chemical or some sort of Good drug movie. in the area. And they were just in a trance every time they saw this. So for example, there, they like, she probably never even put the groceries out. I mean, that, that, that that's exactly what I thought too.
2: I mean, there was also They're the just chemical. Tripping odor. the whole time. Yeah, yeah. The chemical the odor or the, the constant, cattle mutilations. Yeah. Not constant, but anytime there's the, the cattle mutilations for sure. Something there's always happens. Like yeah, there's odor an odor around. Yeah. Um, another one, they, they were stacking like wood and they like moved it across the field and, you know, it was like a hard day's work. And then, like, the, you know, they, they come back and all the wood's back where it was. <laughs> like, hmm. it was like, fuck. Uh, yeah. Another one. This is a notable one. There was a missing post digger, which is like a piece of equipment people use to dig posts, hence the name post digger, I guess, but <laughs> they couldn't find it anywhere. And a few weeks later, Terry just sees it like up in a 75 feet up in a tree. And this this piece of equipment is like 70 pounds and it was just like way up in a tree. So
1: there's that. Um, too. They did actually take some tools in there and measured radiation and they found radiation spikes throughout the ranch. Huh. Hmm. That's interesting. Cause th- th- like, th- like I said, they had found the
2: magnetized corral after that event too.
0: Yeah. Um, Which is physical- these tools in though, like who's they? nids nids nids.
2: Okay. Yeah. Um, another thing. There was like black featureless entities that also occurred on the the homestead. So this is like the poltergeist shit I'm talking about. It's like yeah. shadow people, shadow. shadow, shadow, um, and they would like stand at the ends of beds and just be like a shadow person and just freak people out.
1: Motherfuckers. So that's kind of- <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Like that to me is the creepiest. Like at least fucking do something, like attack me. Just you like you're gonna fucking stand at the foot of my bed and stare at me, you fucking creep. <laughs>
2: I accept all types of people except shadow people.
0: Yeah, fuck <laughs> shadow people. people. <laughs> fuck shadow people. And now we're canceled. Yeah, the shadow, <laughs> the shadow people, The shadow community. Just like <laughs> fuck you, guys. Stop scaring
2: everybody. How about that? Um. So there's also strange sounds from the ground, kind of like heavy, mach- like this as loud as heavy machinery or like a uh, a railroad. So they would just hear this type of shit on a regular occasion. Um, we already talked a little bit with the humanoids. You know what those are? What's that? Those are the nuclear mole diggers. <laughs> That's where Russia keeps all of its fucking nuclear moles on Skinwalker Ranch. I mean, explains the radiation. That's what that thing that the, the physicist saw come out of the portal. It was just Putin. He's like, oh, lands on the ground. Oh, fuck. I was seen. Runs into the forest. <laughs>
0: Looks like a dire wolf <laughs> when he's running.
2: Oh, yeah, <laughs> just fucking. It's just Putin's pet. He's like, "It's just my <laughs> dog. It's not my dog." It actually explains everything. It's just Russia.
0: <laughs>
1: it's just Russia. Like, <laughs> the God whole time, Russia. Yeah i I do want to explain what maybe an explanation to what the Navajo had for this. So I did mention that they supposedly cursed the land, and what happened was when the U.S. government moved in they basically relocated natives from up to 1,500 miles around the Utah region all into this one patch of land. And then the government just sold that land and kicked them off, off there again. And these are the Navajo people and other uh, native tribes. So it's said that the shamans of each of the tribes cursed the ground with demonics being, with demonic beings that can take the form of people, say a wolf, and a coyote, or a crow, or a human. So these are skinwalkers, and upon doing so, they might have opened up some sort of gateway or a, a separate realm to the land as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, I. Uh, I mean, that's possible. <laughs> <I'm> not feeling <laughs> anything out here. Uh, so another weird thing. I don't know if this is UFO or poltergeist related, but they would see small creatures that appeared to have like a cloaking device, similar to like the predator from the alien movies. Greywalkers. You you would just, that's the Greywalkers. Okay. But the other thing, there's what's called the hitchhiker phenomena. So people that, because we're talking about poltergeist activity, allegedly people that have spent time on the ranch they continue to experience weird phenomena after leaving the ranch. Hmm.
0: Uh,
2: This Here's one thing. So Robert Bigelow himself, uh, perhaps one of the reasons he sold the ranch, his wife was actually experiencing poltergeist-like phenomena at home. So that might have been one of the reasons he decided to get rid of it, among some other reasons we can get into. But the same thing also happened to Envy, you brought up this guy Colm uh, Killeher,
0: or Kelleher. Kelleher, I might yep. get his
2: wrong name. He was one of the main guys of Nids, and he actually wrote a book with this guy named George Knapp, and they did a lot of research on Skinwalker Ranch. Um, and I mean, if you, if you know anything about Skinwalker Ranch, Skinwalker Ranch, these his names very. He's very famous in that area. Yeah. Yeah. But the same thing happened to George Knapp's wife and his wife. They had the same poltergeist like experiences. So there's something it's the hitchhiker phenomenon they call it. So something came with them and is inflicting them with shit still. Or was I don't know if it's still, but
1: that's yeah, you know I, I was gonna suggest this sort of podcast if we ever get the chance and money to actually go out there and see for ourselves. But if we're going to bring shit back, like, no, I don't want to, I don't want people standing at the foot of my bed, staring at me. (laughs) Shadow people. Just fight them. (laughs) Just fight them. (laughs)
2: So that that's like a lot of weird shit, uh, that's going on at this ranch. Like I do have to say, like, a lot of the stuff I was bringing up was coming from the Sherman accounts, but the NIDS people, they say they see similar things. There's just not any physical evidence But I'm going to try to transition here to segue out. The new owner, this Brandon Fugle guy, whose Mm -hmm. identity wasn't known until 2020, that he was the owner of the ranch, uh, that that he bought it in 2016. They actually had some physical evidence themselves because he's actively researching with people yeah and i saw three photographic evidence that they acquired you can always say like these are doctored they could be fake i you know we don't know or they could be a mistake but they had you know actual photos of things that are claiming to be ufos so
0: Hmm. that was one thing why did he want to keep it like why was not it not known that he owned it for four years
2: i think it's just you have to once you say you're the owner of skinwalker ranch you're
1: fucking yeah you're kind kind of tanks so even if we look at skinwalker ranch i forgot his name but there was a, a journalist george who, knapp yeah that's the guy so he worked for like new york times or something he he was uh, LA. la Times. sorry very well renowned he he won like a bunch of different awards well he's the guy who broke the bob lazar story yes and literally after he spoke about hmm. this and Bob Lazar is kind of when he got discredited. They're just like, well, this guy's crazy. Even though he had all this excellent journalism beforehand, he had wards, like tons of it. And he used the same method to research this. And he, yeah, he was a believer and people were just like, no, he's fucking crazy. No. And they just discredited everything he said. And that's kind of when I like started going downhill. So anyone who purchased or had anything to do with the ranch later on just didn't go very far. Like he just brings them down.
2: Yeah. It's just, Mm. and that's the thing, this Brandon
1: uh, Fogle guy or Fogle, I don't
2: really know how you want to say it, but he, he's a savvy business person. He does real estate. Um, he has like, you know, a mini somewhat empire going on. So like he doesn't want that to be coming in. when he's Right. I get it. He doesn't want to risk it. Uh, but you know, he did come out about it. So, and I was watching a documentary with him in it and at the time, because this was like in 2018, I think it was made, his voice was disguised and they never showed his face or anything. Um, hmm. But, yet, you know, it is known now. So I do have a quote from him. This is the, the, the current owner. He said, quote, My goal with Skinwalker Ranch is to bring together a multidisciplinary group of people for the purpose of using science and technology in order to prove that we are not alone in the universe and that there is more to our existence than meets the eye. I launched this effort as a healthy skeptic with the opinion that there was a 95% likelihood that there was nothing extraordinary going on and that there was a natural, more prosaic explanation for what had been reported and observed for decades. So he's kind of, I think he's kind of just has money and he's kind of like, fuck it. I'll just want to figure it out for myself. Fuck it. Why, like, why not?
1: <laughs> I only live once. So I got money. She got,
0: She got the money. Yeah.
1: Mr. Fugle, after, after purchasing a ranch in 2016, on June 18th, he went there with two reporters from KSL5, uh, Andrew Adams and photographer Megan Thackeray. They, along with Mr. Fugle, went there on his uh, helicopter, and they were met at the gate by the head of security, Bryant Dragon Arnold. Shout out to oh. our dragon. What up? So basically, as soon as they had landed and they turned on their equipment, they started to get malfunctions in their equipment. And this is all brand new
0: Fugle had purchased yeah. for. Sounds like the Baltic Sea anomaly. It's like, oh, yeah.
2: nothing works.
1: So they described <laughs> like, their
0: GoPro. Our technology fell apart.
1: Their GoPro <laughs> was operating as a secondary camera. And then it would just it would not connect to the smartphone or it would just like shut off. Um, guys we
0: we had it all filmed but we didn't buy the gopro that has bluetooth feature (laughs) we forgot the
1: mics and it wasn't just this (laughs) even the the, (laughs) even the two reporters they brought brought along like their cameras ceased to work or they just malfunctioned and even after they took these this equipment off the ranch and looked at it some of it did start working again but some just never like never recovered it it wouldn't work just like broken forever so yeah they, they had like this occurred over like several minutes and then hours upon things not working properly. So Thackeray, um, she ends up deploying her drone to see if they could catch her like aerial views of the ranch itself. But upon landing, like an issue came to light. The calibration of the drone actually ended up failing while it was in air, still working. There was a too strong a magnetic interference detected. Huh. Even though there was no metal magnets or objects nearby and the drone itself was like plastic. So it was just crazy shit. It is and weird. It's like had this happen with yeah, all the cameras, all their like stuff to try to use. And he even tried re- replacing some of the equipment and had the same occurrences happen. Huh? Hmm. So
2: I do have this Brandon Fogle guy when he was asked, what do you think might be happening? if you're we're being 100% speculative, what do you think? And he said, quote, it appears that there is not just one assignable cause or origin to what is being observed and recorded on Skinwalker Ranch. My best guess is that we are dealing with multidimensional interactions and phenomena based on the evidence. That said, we cannot eliminate anything at this point. The origin and agenda remains elusive, end quote. He also said that he believed... Consciousness studies would probably be a major factor into uncovering what is going on. And after we talked about the Project Gateway thing, where people are entering these different focuses, these different dimensions, I thought that was kind of interesting that maybe some of this phenomena, you can't really explore it from the standpoint we are on right now. Maybe you have to access some different way of looking at it. I will also say Brandon Fogle has never tried alcohol, cigarettes, drugs, or even tasted coffee. So take that for what you will.
0: So he's actually so he
2: could
1: have been he's drugged.
0: He's from Utah. He could have been drugged during this whole ordeal. Yeah, isn't Utah a dry state? Yeah, pretty much. Well, it mean, depends where you are. You can get liquor in. Well, okay, but it's legally a dry state. <laughs> supposed to be. Envy. Do you have
2: uh,
1: more notes on any of this stuff? Uh no. So just I have just more stuff of like occurrences where equipment failed for Mister Fugle and his what? teams that kept going back in there. Um, do you want to talk about it? Because
2: I, I don't have too much. I, I have shit I can talk about, but not. That's kind of my.
1: No. So, sp- so they here. had. Uh, they basically had. Uh, they brought in a different drone. And they were doing aerial shots again, and they noticed a black figure at the edge, like the edge of the screen. So they went towards it, and their camera went black. Like it's, it, it didn't record anything. But then when they brought the drone back, they hooked it up to their devices, or whatever. They could actually see a shadow moving in front of the drone. So like the drone had gone down to eye level, like with this shadowy figure. And even though everything was black, there was like a gray, a grayish or blackish. Darker, lighter tint to it that ended up moving in front of the drone itself. So they are seeing, like they're at, they're having equipment malfunctions. Yes, you know, and they're what, still,
2: but they're still like picking things having. up. Yeah, because I should still... say I don't think I said this. Nids was disbanded in two thousand four, I believe. So I don't even actually think I said that. So they, yeah. they were started in nineteen ninety five and they went till two thousand
1: four, and they did a lot of work at Skinwalker Ranch. But, so. Another more recent one, uh, that appeared on one of the history episodes. So the history channel went in there and did their own filming and they end up recording from across the, across the field from like one fence to the other. There's a cow just laying in the field and they're recording this and they go frame by frame and the the cows are perfectly still. And then the cow starts looking up and then even on the camera, you can see if there's like a black saucer like thing like that approaches the cow is above the cow and then it's like speeds off to the left and they have this like, frame by frame. So I thought that was kind of creepy,
0: but it is really creepy.
1: The cow noticed it before it even it appeared. And then people were like, why is the cow looking up? And then when they actually looked up, there was just a saucer that they, they hadn't noticed before. So cows are actually smart,
2: but only multidimensionally.
0: <laughs> only multidimensionally. Yeah, <laughs> I guess so.
2: That's crazy. Um,
0: so, yeah then yeah I'll
1: go ahead just uh just more instances of that there's a cow that follows they, they follow this cow again into in the field and it leaves the field and he just keeps walking and then they have these cameras panning over to follow the cow where it's walking to and again one of the cameras pans up and there's just a saucer above the cow so cow is following a fucking saucer they caught it on video yeah yeah that's kind of crazy. And it's frame by frame. So
2: they, there's actually, they, the History Channel has real footage that they do, they vouch is...
0: Yes, UFO. legit. That's yeah.
2: crazy. I never came across any of this.
1: Yeah, I can... Uh, I'll My look some of, the, of this stuff. The stuff I
2: found was very lackluster. Very lackluster. Nothing, no hard evidence here. Um, I did find, though, as a fun fact, Hal Puthoff, if you remember his name, he's the guy that was a part of the remote viewing episode we did. Um, He was actually involved with NIDS and he did research at Skinwalker Ranch. So like, I guess if you're like, if you just, if you're into the fringe science, you're into all the fringe science. like, you know, he's,
1: he was one of the guys working at NIDS. Okay. Let's get into some final thoughts. I guess the question is, do we believe what's been going on at the Skinwalker Ranch or do we, think there's a more realistic explanation to it all
2: yeah i guess both of those things are relevant do you think the phenomena there's merit to any of it even if there's one percent merit to it what do we think
1: i can start us off yeah okay so i think out of just a sheer amount of stories and It's crazy shit that's been happening there. I think maybe if we're looking at the 1%, there could be 1% that has some sort of reality to it that it could be real. Now, I I doubt that there's a fucking skinwalker wolf that takes no damage, disappears. But I mean, do I believe that there's maybe a UFO sighting or two? Yes. I, I did see some pretty captivating images from a video that, I'm like, hey, okay, that's kind of creepy. There's a flying saucer above a cow, and I can see it go to the left. So it's like, yes, yeah, so th- this could be something. So, yes, yeah, so I, I, I choose to believe a little bit to a degree,
0: that 1%. Okay. Um. Yeah, I think I would – I don't know. Like, I'm not buying all these – It doesn't seem like there's a lot of concrete evidence, so it's hard to – kind of get into it but i mean maybe you just got to look at it like was mentioned was it you magnum like you know you got to look at things at a different perspective maybe with this stuff so yeah yeah i guess there's probably like a one percent chance oh, i guess ooh. Nice. There we but i mean i'm not i'm not buying like i'm not buying like what i'm not buying what they're selling you know what i mean but i understand like the You know, like maybe if you look at it a different lens, there there might be something there type of thing. Like,
2: Mm
0: -hmm. I don't, maybe it doesn't need to be necessarily like the caught on video proof or whatever, which obviously would be really nice, but. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think for me, I think there's a grain of truth there. I think there's something weird going on. A lot of the eyewitness accounts that when I was listening to people on like documentaries and things talk about things I wasn't convinced at all they just seem to have they just I don't know they just lack credibility to me even the physicist when he's like oh this thing came out like that kind of stuff to me it's hard for me to buy that but I do think there's something going on and I, I just don't know I don't know what it would be though. I don't know. There's such a broad range of shit going on that it's hard to make sense of. Um, and I want to believe the people that were there, like with nids and were like, no, this is actually happening. We just couldn't, we, we tried, we couldn't capture it. It was smarter than us. There's even quotes I've found people were like, you can't use the scientific method to study this because the phenomena is not repeatable. So you can't the traditional ways we try study things that doesn't work here. And I mean, maybe there's merit to that. I just think I'm just so shocked that no one, like when they're like, Oh, the trees were cut off. Why didn't you take a photo of the fucking trees? So at least there's that or like, Oh, there was footprints at least take photos of the footprints or like, you know, when the cow footprints end and it's vanished, can you just photograph that? Yeah. Just basic shit like that. Or like run back to the house,
1: grab the camera.
0: (laughs) Even you know, like
1: someone's disbelief and it's like, Hey, maybe they're just like in so much shock that they couldn't do anything. So like, yeah,
2: no, but I mean, it's happening all the time. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like, and you're there to research it like, because you're expecting something.
2: Yeah. Like you're I'm just, I theory. was, I'm so lack Like the amount of evidence, the amount of stories there are and the amount of people so, I the witnessed accounts are, but the lack of evidence is just astounding. It's just, there's a mismatch to me and I don't know why that is. Um, but having said that, I did see some things that could be concrete if I completely trust that they're valid. So, for instance, some photographs and some videos that were shown. If I believe that they're not doctored, that's some evidence. But it's, it wasn't yeah. a lot. It was like a handful of evidence. So, I, I, I guess in closing, I, I think something is going on. But I think it's being blown out of proportion, probably. I think it's a lot of hearsay um and also like honestly like here's just another tangent like when i was watching docs and stuff on like the surrounding air, like, it's kind of a shithole like i'm like sorry if you live in fucking <laughs> that area but like it's kind of like like there's a lot of like boarded up buildings there's a lot of like um i don't know it just it just it just reminded me of like kind of like a shanty town the surrounding area yeah so like I, I i don't know like to me it's kind of like you would kind of want to blow like if someone's taking interest and you're like out of the no one knows where you are no one knows yeah they're trying to milk it
0: a little bit you know, like a, there's a little of bit
2: of that type of thing someone's like yeah. hey there's a hollywood person coming in to produce a documentary talking in to the U- locals and you're a in local utah, utah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, i mean
2: you know you might start being like, oh yeah i totally saw this yeah just so you can get on the dock
1: yeah it's you know what like i'm rocky- so like dry terrain with a lot of grass like prickly uh brushes and most of the sand or the fucking dirt looks red in color yeah so i just
2: that was just my two cents on the context of things like there's a lot i think something's going on but i think it's blown out of proportion i hope this guy this new guy can come up with something because that would be really cool
1: I mean, this is something we'll definitely keep an eye out for. And once we do get more updates, we'll update you guys through the post-serve or through other main episodes right. when they relate. But, yeah, it's, it's definitely some excitement to kind of look forward to. Whether it discredits or approves anything, it'll be interesting.
2: Yeah, I agree. Uh,
1: should we uh, roll out of this? Let's do it.
2: All right. I mean, as always, thank you to Sidestepping the Sun. They made uh, the intro, outro music to the podcast. That's uh, greatly appreciated. Huge. Also, also, as always, thank you, El Yucateco Hot Sauce, for being fantastic. Still not sponsoring us at this point, but we're gonna keep shouting them out until we uh, make this happen and grow, 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 uh, grow the podcast. Mm. Um, habanero based. I put it on everything: mac and cheese, eggs, meat, sandwiches. I eat it basically every day almost every day um, i it, it's just good if you like spice you like making your food taste better highly recommend starting with red just go out get it try it out
1: yeah it's like, get at it it's a really yeah. hot it's really hot where it's like burning but at the same time <laughs> you you get well for me anyways but at the get same used time <laughs> you you get a you get a taste that you don't normally with others like there is definitive, distinct taste.
2: Nice. King of flavor.
1: Serious, serious, King of flavor. And for all of our valued listeners who have tried El Yucateco or are going to try it, please tag us and tag them on our Instagram and our Twitter. Because once we do get sponsored by them, we'll definitely share that love with you. We really do appreciate it. So yeah, just let them know that you heard about them from us. Tag us, tag them. It really yeah. helps out. You can also follow us on all of our social medias. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Reddit. We're fucking everywhere. Just give us a shout out. Let us know what you think about this episode. Listen to our posts. Or if you have any questions, comments, concerns, let us know. We address everything. If you have any specific topics you want us to touch on, let us know again. We have done everything our patrons have suggested. We've even done two episodes that our listeners suggested. So we're definitely on top of that. For those of you who would like to support us, you can do so through Patreon. We have two tiers. We have Ride That Wave tier, where you get exclusive Never Before Heard content, episodes, and you'll get shout-outs from us numerous times. Additionally, if you want to get the $3 tier, this is Slap the Ass tier, where you get exclusive Never Before Heard episodes. You get early access to all of our episodes, where you'll have the scoop, the load on all your friends and family. You will know what's going on on Sundays, a week before everyone else. Three days and five days prior to everyone else. Which, hey, that's how you get shit rolling. For those of you who would like to support us in other ways and don't like Patreon, you can buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com. Through here, we'll take your donations. We will buy coffee beans. We will grind that down. We'll make 20, 30, 40 cups of coffee to give you... (laughs) 100 cups of coffee. (laughs) content. (laughs) Caffeinated content. Slap that ass.
0: Ride that wave,